Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be presenting an interview with the people behind the new A24 film, The Green Knight. My name is Ben Pearson. I am a senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by news editor, Kwai Tran Bui. Hey, everyone. Hey, it's so good to have you back on the podcast. How are you? It's always good to be back. I miss you guys. Yes. Uh, Well, we miss you too. And, you know, we're so busy with the site and, and, you know, bringing all the new people up to speed. And, you know, listeners have heard uh, Vanessa Armstrong uh, on a recent episode of the show, and hopefully some some more of the new folks will be, um, you know, peppered on in in future episodes. But um, HD, you've been, you know, busy behind the scenes as well. Uh, So we've not had a lot of time to do things like water cooler episodes, which we used to do pretty frequently and people could check in and, and sort of hear what we've been watching and, and listening to and all that kind of stuff enjoying. And I know one of the things that you've enjoyed very recently is this movie, The Green Knight. So why don't you tell people about this film and, and your thoughts about it? I feel like in just a few minutes, it will be hard to describe. I feel like The, the Green Knight is either a movie that is indescribable to me or one that I can go on for about for hours because <laughs> it's just... It's such a striking, breathtaking, sumptuous, haunting movie that I adored wholeheartedly. It's my favorite movie that I've seen this year. Uh, It features a magnificent 
performance by Dev Patel at the center as Gawain, a uh, not yet Knight of the Round Table, who aspires to be a Knight of the Round Table. He's in this movie, King Arthur's Nephew. And to prove himself, he takes on this challenge laid down to him by this green knight, a um, ent-like sort of creature who comes in and challenges anyone from the round table during Christmas to uh, uh, strike a blow against him, which he will then strike back in return. And Gawain uh, cuts off this knight's head. The knight uh, picks up his head and says one year. And that is the beginning of our story. Not a spoiler at all. Uh, But I... David Lowry is fast becoming one of my favorite working directors. Uh, A Ghost Story is exquisite. And I really like, too, his much more sort of subdued The Old Man and the Gun, which was sort of the swan song for Robert Redford as his his final acting um, role, Mm -hmm. uh, his final on-screen role. And it was it's really fantastic. It's it's this beautiful little... um, character study and the green knight is my favorite of lowry so far it it goes even further with some of the themes that we've seen that him tackled before which is sort of like the the relentless relentless trudge through time and everything and uh green knight is just it's, it's fantastic all right do you guys remember when we when annihilation was such a huge thing and i remember you absolutely adored annihilation mm-hmm. and i was one of the few people who's kind of lukewarm towards it and i really really wanted to like it i even saw it twice in theaters the green knight is what i wanted annihilation to do to do to me is this thoroughly transporting immersive just transformative film i feel like I ha- i'm having wow. too much but at the same time i'm not because it's all about the the consuming power of nature and how it will creep and absorb and outlive and outlast us all and also it's about how Def Patel is very sexy <laughs> oh man okay wow well ht i am i mean if i wasn't uh hyped for this movie before i certainly am now and i was definitely hyped for this movie before um but uh but yeah tell me a little bit about Dev patel's performance here because like you know if you were to um to stumble across film twitter over the past i don't know year since this movie has been delayed a bunch of times you'd probably find you know you, you wouldn't have to look too hard to find somebody you know thirsting for Dev patel and this movie just sort of seems uh, it, you know, in, in the the lead up to it actually coming out, where people can actually watch it and engage with it in a real way, it just sort of seems like a almost like a meme factory. So, you know, having actually seen the movie itself, um, are people in for you know something a little bit deeper than than what the uh, the Twitter reaction might um, sort of uh, portend or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I think David Lowry leans into Dev Patel as film Twitter heartthrob, but in a way that's very interesting and, and thematically rich because the movie. The, the poem itself that uh, the Green Knight is based off of is very um, it's it has it's loaded with all this erotic subtext and the film in in return just kind of worships Dev Patel's body in a way that's really interesting and really really you know satisfying for fans of Dev Patel but mm-hmm. um, I think it it leans into it in a way that's satisfying but also uh, just thematically rich and, and and interesting too so that's what I'll say about it. <laughs> If that yes. makes sense, I feel like I'm getting like <laughs> a little over into my college paper uh, area. But yes, that's, that's actually something that uh, is in this interview that I spoke 
in with David Lowry and Dev Patel because uh, the Gawain, as as uh, David Lowry had written him in the script, because Lowry both directs and writes this film, uh, is more of a cad. He calls him um, in another interview. He calls him pathetic, and he needed an actor that would be able to counterbalance these negative qualities of Gawain. And he thought immediately of of Dev Patel, who's just inherently likable and charming. So he talks about that in that in this interview that is about to play soon. All right. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and play that right now. So uh, this first question is for David. Um, David, you had read this poem, uh, but this is based on way back in college. What struck you the most about it when you revisited again as an adult to write the script for The Green Knight? I mean, so many things. You know, I I read it at the end of my, you know, first, my freshman English class, first semester. So I probably wasn't, you know, giving it the attention it deserved. And And in revisiting it, I was struck by its modernism, how how contemporaneous the text felt. It did not feel like it's something that was written 700 years ago. I was struck by um, by the language. Uh, I read a couple different translations in preparing for the movie, and 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 then tried my hand at reading the the Middle English, and you know <laughs> did my best to like under get a grasp of that uh, with with not much success. Um, but uh, and then the the thing that that really struck me the most again, which was what's captivated me, you know, back in, in college was that it's a quest for the, 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 the Gawain sets out on a quest uh, whose end is the end of which is his own death. And that he knowingly is embarking upon a journey that can only end one way. And all that is implicit in that really resonated with me it really tied into all the themes I normally am interested in as a storyteller and as a filmmaker. And it, it haunted me like that. That's something that I couldn't just, I just couldn't, you know, let go of. And, and so as I said about adapting it, you know, that was sort of what, what, um, what I tried to hone in on the most, you know, as, as other elements of the poem, you know, rose to the surface or fell away. That was the one theme that I really tried to, uh, keep my, my sights on and, and, and put my blinders on to, to pursue. And Dev, Gawain is usually traditionally a white character in literature and past depictions. Um, and this is not the first uh, traditionally white literary character that you've taken on as a, in the feature film role uh, in recent years. So did you have that in mind and did that put any pressure on you as you approached the role in The Green Knight? Yeah, I guess you, you always, I always feel like I'm going to come under scrutiny, you know, when you kind of step into something like this. But for me, it, the, the, the opportunity far outweighed what the, the margin of trolls would say about it, you know, in the deep web somewhere. And I just it was such an amazing opportunity to work with someone like David and, and the crew he assembled and this cast. And, you know, the, the young child in me was so excited to be able to hold that big green axe and, you know, wield Excalibur and all those kind of, things that I never dreamt that I would be able to do. Um, but it, yeah, it was, it was a really beautiful experience, you know, being a part of it. David, I know that um, this film earned a lot of buzz for just simply casting Dev Patel, both for the color buying casting and because of his status as a beloved indie actor. Um, but I know David, that you specifically cast Dev for a very for a specific reason, which was to counter the quote-unquote pathetic character you had written for Gawain. Um, Can you speak about why Dev worked for this particular purpose? 
Deb, you need to turn your microphone off. Or you need to turn your video off so I can talk about <laughs> you without you in the room. I, um, I, I purposely went about writing a version of the character, again, very different from the original text of the poem, who is not yet a knight and is, is failing to live up to his, uh, the, the legacy that's expected of him. He's failing to live up to his, his, his lineage and he is not, he's not growing up. And um, I, I think, Deb, our first conversation, when we first talked about it, you know, one of the things you pointed out to me was like, we should probably make this character more likable. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I kind of like silently thought back, well, one of the best ways to make this character likable is for me to just cast you as, as, as Gawain. That'll, that'll, do, that'll do the trick all by itself. Um, and I, I was just really um, taken with the idea of seeing Dev on a horse in armor with a sword, with that ax. It was an image, an image that just instantly just like it felt right to me. But I also knew that audiences would go along with this character. You know, and there, there are other versions, other interpretations of this character that we could have been, we could have gone with. We could have, we could have made him um, harder to like. We could have done any number of things. And I knew that we could, no matter what, um, that audiences would, would be on Dev's side. And that was really important for me as a storyteller to have that safety net um, of having our central character be one who audiences would be beguiled with from the beginning and who in spite of, <laughs> see, yeah, you need to turn your video off. I'm just going to just keep, uh, uh, I'm just going to keep heaping on the praise here, but no, it really is true. Like you need for a story like this, for, for a character who we've reinvented as somewhat of a cad, um, uh, a ne'er-do-well to have, a, a naivete to him, uh, a, 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 an exuberance to him that counteracts the more negative qualities so that we can become invested in his journey and want to see him succeed. My hope was, you know, that however you interpret the ending of the movie, that it is a happy ending because he's finally achieved what he needed to achieve as a human being. And I knew that by casting Dev as, as the character, the audience would be completely invested in his journey towards that ultimate culmination. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> so Deb, when you signed on to play the hero of an epic fantasy movie, did you expect at all to play that kind of purposefully unlikable character? Um, and did you play a part in kind of creating the character as we see finally on screen and kind of changing the him alongside, along the process. I mean, I really related to him. So when I read it, actually, I did really, I just really wanted him to succeed. You know, I, 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 you know, I could see that he was lost and he was flailing at times in the story. And, you know, ultimately he's a very human hero. That's what I loved about it. You know, he... Uh, there was all these ugly qualities that, you know, in your usual kind of movies you would shy away from, but, you know, you kind of see his impotence as a man, physically, mentally, everything, you know, in a way that I think was like, it's quite beautiful, you know. Um, it, it, it is this kind of interesting coming of age story, you know, period, and it's dark, but it is of a, of a mother setting her, in David's version at least, it's a mother setting a, 
her son on this quest, you know, to grow up, you know, leave the nest. So I, I really related to that. And um, yeah, and, and, you know, there's this wonderful moment, not, you know, spoiler alert, but, you know, and David kind of blends time and it's just, uh, actually, I shouldn't talk about it, but yeah. <laughs> So this is uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is a classic poem of chivalric romance, but its notions of honor and chivalry are a little difficult to convey to modern audiences. Uh, David, how did you go about translating those themes and bringing forth that coming of age story that eventually kind of emerged within the movie? I think it was I mean, you hit the nail on the head by making it a coming of age story. It allowed those themes to resonate in a modern context. I think that, you know, when you read the poem, you understand implicitly because of it's a 14th century poem that, you know, you, you understand the journey that Sir Gawain goes on, even though he already is the most virtuous knight in Arthur's court, you understand the fallibility of him and the, and the, the, the texture and nuance of that character on the page but in introducing audiences to the story on screen, because I'm assuming that a lot of people who watch this movie won't have read the poem or won't know it, I really felt that we needed to, um, to simplify things and, and, and to make it a more binary journey for the character. And so for lack of a better way of putting it, we sort of, I sort of just adapted the zero to hero storyline and and have Gawain start off as, you know, someone who has not, you know, achieved his, uh, who, 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 he has not become the man he needs to be. And by the end of the film, he gets there. And, and by doing that, that allowed the um, themes of honor and integrity and chivalry um, from the original text to resonate more, I think, clearly for an aud a modern audience. If you were to just try to justify the beheading game without having a character with, with, with a character of Gawain um, as he is presented in the poem already being a, a virtuous knight who has achieved greatness. It's harder to justify him going on that journey. You know, a modern audience member, myself included, might just ask, well, why is he going to do that? Why would he, why would he even chop the knight's head off in the first place? It doesn't make sense. But if this is a character who has something to prove suddenly that catalyzes the entire journey. And, and it makes sense in, um, as, as modern as the original poem is, it makes more sense uh, on a modern storytelling level. And I, it was just one of those little changes that I think helped make the movie, um, I don't, I hesitate to, say, hesitate to say more palatable, but just more streamlined on a narrative level for, um, for, for moviegoers in 2021. You know, despite like some of those more modern elements, I was also struck by how the uh, film adhered to the poem's Middle English roots, 14th century roots, uh, especially specifically like the dialogue, for example, which uh, with the cast, except for Dev putting on, I don't, I can't, I don't know anything about like, the actual accents. Celtic accents, Middle English sort of accents. Can you talk about that a little bit? It's, I sort of, you know, I, I'm a big believer in um, letting an actor be themselves. And I never want to presume that an accent is necessary. Um, but in this movie, there were certain instances where it felt appropriate, where like, you know, having Alicia play two characters and we wanted to make those characters distinct and, uh, and, 
and Sean and Kate and playing the king and queen really wanted to honor like the, the, you know, Welsh uh, origins of the original poem. And that felt appropriate too. And so, and then for me as a writer, I just love writing dialogue like that. That's just so much fun. I just love, I, it was a treat to write this dialogue. And, uh, and, and so a lot of it is, a lot of that, that cadence is there on the page. Um, but I never wanted to like be beholden to that. You know, I never wanted to force someone to, you know, I, you know, the, it's not a, it's not a piece of historical fiction. It's a fantasy film. And so there's room for uh, variance in there. And for example, with, with uh, Joel Edgerton, his accent, uh, we were just, we were trying to figure out how, what he should sound like. And ultimately we just were like, we ended up watching lots of clips of Oliver Reed. Uh, these amazing, there's so many amazing clips of him highly inebriated doing interviews. And so his performance I think is like largely based on, on that. <laughs> Because I just like I was like at first it started with Ken Russell's like Women in Love and uh, and and from there went to like Oliver Reed interviews on YouTube and that really be, was the genesis of his, of his character and and it, that doesn't fit into like the 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 Welsh stuff that that uh, Kate and Sean are doing but felt it did feel very right for that character. Dev, did you find any particular challenges in portraying a character within this very specific sort of both? historical but also slightly surreal 14th century England type of setting um, and did you also uh, go forth with any kind of challenges like with uh, Katie and, and um, Sean with like the Welsh accents or anything or did you just kind of want to approach it in your own way? Well, I had the easiest journey I think I mean just, like David said he was so um, he just really brought out the truth of, in me um, and it's like, it was a very, in a weird way, it was quite like, it was like a very meditative experience for me. Like I found myself really in my body for a lot of the film because you're out in Ireland and as many times when I would just, you know, they're setting up camera and I'm like, just take a mental picture of what you're looking at right now. Yeah, I was just so overwhelmed by these vistas that would find ourselves on, you know, on the top of the feather beds in Ireland, looking out, you know, the sea of green and you, and I, for me, it was just, it was a process of like being in my body. It's, it's quite a solitary journey. And, it, you know, in a way, what I loved about it is that we weren't dwelling on the usual clashing of swords and the, the usual stuff. It was, it's way more esoteric and psychological, this, this guy's um, um, journey. And, and that was just, it's kind of tapping into your own psyche, really. But in terms of accents, like David said, I was just, I was there being Rainer's Lane. And, <laughs> I'm All, right. <laughs> All right, I am unfortunately out of time, but this was so great speaking with you guys today. And um, I want to say that I, I thoroughly enjoyed, I adored Green Knight. It was a beautiful experience. So, and uh, I look forward to both of your future works and David's particularly your Peter Pan film too. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I think, I think, I don't know. I'm excited about Dev's movie. We should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your time. All right, HC. So any closing thoughts on The Green Knight? I mean, I think you sold it pretty well in the beginning of our conversation, but any any sort of um, stray uh, observations or anything that you maybe didn't get a chance to put in your review? By the way, I'll, I'll link to your review in the show notes so people can read you know more of your in-depth thoughts there. But um, any other thoughts about this film? Well, it's definitely a slow burn and one that if you are expecting a typical sword and sorcery 
action film you will not be getting. <laughs> but uh, if you go into it expecting a David Lowry film starring Dev Patel, you will be extremely rewarded. Isn't it exciting, HT? The movies, it feels like the movies are back. I mean, I love hearing you so excited about this movie. Isn't it just like, I don't know, I feel like over the past couple, I mean, year and a half or whatever, however long it's been, it's been a while since we've had something that um, that is not a you know, a, a mega blockbuster that has been able to sort of capture our imaginations in this way. And I haven't even seen the movie yet. I'm just excited about it and sort of drafting off of your excitement. But I'm just like, I, I feel so, um, I don't know, invigorated by your response to this movie for some reason. Yeah, cinema. <laughs> cinema, indeed. All right. I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of the show. You can find more about all the stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com. And linked inside the show notes of this episode, Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.